Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, I am going to start right out and tell you up front that tomorrow is Becca's eighth anniversary of leaving this earth. So I am taping this podcast. Obviously, this is a very emotional time of year for all of us, the time leading up to and the day of remembering the events leading up to and what happened with our child's death. So, you know, just thinking about that today, eight years ago today, was Becca's last full day on earth. So I could be emotional on this podcast, and that emotion could also come out as passion, because this subject of our spiritual breakdown after the death of our child is one that is so important to me. And I get very passionate about it when I start talking about it. I get very passionate because I so desperately want you to get a breakthrough in this area. I know how hard it is. And I want want you to be able to have a wonderful relationship with God if you're struggling in this area. And if, if you're not struggling, I want it to get greater and stronger and have more intimacy and to grow. So after saying all of that, let's go ahead and get started. Now, I'm not really sure what's going to come out. I'm just going to talk. I'm going to talk to you, my friend, sitting across from me here at this microphone, and I'm just going to share my heart with you. Let's start out with the question, why? Because most grieving parents will ask that question. We can't help it. Why, God? Why did this happen? Why did you allow my child to die? Why did my child go through this? Why are we going through this? I thought you were a good God. I thought you were a loving father. What kind of a loving father would do something like this? And it's it's valid, and I totally understand that. And we can't help but question these things, right? Some will turn a corner and become okay with not knowing why. And some of us struggle with this for months and even years. But in order to go forward, we have to get to a point where we choose to trust and have faith in the only one who can answer that question. We know he's the only one who can answer that, but we have to trust him even when he doesn't answer that question for us. And there's no magical answer or a formula that we can follow to get past the whys. I'm sorry to say that, but we do have to come to a place where we get weary of asking the why and accept the fact that God sees the whole picture. He sees what we can't see. He knows what we don't know. Think about this. Even if God did tell us why, would it be a good enough answer? It wouldn't be okay. I I think about a, a child who's asking why, maybe a teenager who is being told, no, you can't have the keys to the car or something like that. And they want to know why. And in reality, it's not that they want to know why. They want to hear your answer so that they can argue why your answer is not good enough, 
really, right? Isn't it? Isn't that how it works? And we're like that with God. Even if he told us why, I think we would argue with him because it wouldn't be a good enough answer because it wouldn't ease the pain, would it? Knowing why. And so what I suggest to help turn the corner of this why question is to start asking how. How, God, how are you going to get me through this? How are you going to get me out of this darkness? How are you going to make me want to live again? How are you going to, this verse that drives me nuts now that people throw at me, oh, God says he'll, he promises to work everything out for good. It's like, how are you possibly going to take something as horrible as the death of my child and turn it into something good in my life? How are you going to do that, God, huh? And that's the question he wants to answer for you. He's probably not going to answer why, but he would love to answer how and start showing you how he is going to get you through this, how he's going to help you out of the darkness, how he is going to take this and use it in your life to do things that maybe you didn't even know were possible, to work things out of us, to work things in us, to open doors to ministries. Would I rather have my daughter back? Yes. Hands down, I would much rather have my daughter back than to have a ministry that was birthed out of her death. But that's not going to happen. And so the question becomes, how, God, how are you going to do these things in my life? You know, something that amazed me after Becca died was how often the Word of God was exactly what I needed, and other times it was the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I know for a lot of us, we have a hard time reading our Bibles because we just, we thought we knew what we said and we thought we were standing on truth and all of that crumbled when our child died. And we have a hard time reading our Bible, reading the scriptures. We don't want to hear Bible verses for a lot of us. And when people come to us quoting those cliche type verses just to say the right thing and they throw verses at us and it's just like, you just want to plug your ears and then and then and then I can't hear you because these verses don't make sense to us anymore. We thought we knew what they meant and we, we thought we were, you know, holding on to those verses and now all of a sudden, like I said, everything just crumbles. But I would go to the word and I still do and there is a richness in it now that I it didn't have before. I can't explain it. But there are verses I, I grew up as a as a pastor's kid, a PK, and I, I would travel with my dad and go to camps. He did um child evangelism type stuff. And I mean I grew up in the church and I I grew up memorizing scriptures and it was just such a part of my childhood and growing up. But there are so many verses now that when I see them and when I read them, they have a, a totally different meaning to me now. Or the depth, I thought I understood that scripture. And now it's like, oh my goodness, I, I was clueless. I thought I got it, but it's so different now when I read the word. And that is one thing I'm very thankful for. It's it's become even more precious to me now than it ever has before. And one of the scriptures, let me just share a scripture with you. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 18. This is a really interesting scripture. It says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, I will still celebrate because the Lord God saves me. 
Another version says, I will triumph in Yahweh. I will truly find joy in God who saves me. Another version says, counting on God's rule to prevail, I take heart and gain strength. As I was sitting thinking about, just trying to think through of what do I want to say on this podcast, I was, this this word saves me, the salvation, all of a sudden it hit me, we think about God didn't save my child. Okay, I prayed, I pray protection over my children, and God didn't save my child. And the thought hit me, it's all in perspective. Because my idea of saving my child, and I'm not talking about the sozo salvation going to heaven, I'm talking about saving my child from dying on this earth. You know, we want to die first. We don't want to be here without our children. That's the natural order. The older ones go before the younger ones do. And all that was was messed up. So in thinking about God didn't save my child from death, Becca had heart issues almost her entire life. And so many prayers for her, so many prayers for her from hundreds, if not thousands of people over over the years. And God didn't save her from death. But that's my perspective because I got to thinking from my perspective, I wanted God to save her so that she would stay here on this earth with me. Now, when I really think that through, what that means is I want her to stay with me in this crappy, sinful world and continue experiencing rejection, betrayal, just evilness, people being dishonest and cheating her and maybe other horrible things that might happen to her because it happens to all of us because there's sin all around us, jealousy. I want her to stay and be a part of all of this with me. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic, but when I think about it, Maybe God's saying, I did save your child. I saved your child from all of those things. Your child is no longer experiencing any of that. So from God's perspective, he did save our child. He saved them from the heartaches and the consequences and the repercussions of living in this world. So I have come to discover that so often it's perspective. It's all about perspective. And a lot of times it's asking God to give me his perspective. Lord, help me to see what you see. I don't want to see things through my own eyes because when I see things through my own eyes, it's so painful because I don't understand. And maybe I'm not fully going to understand until I, I'm saved out of this world and you save me through death. But I want to see as much as I can. I I need to see through your eyes, God, so that I can see more through the eyes of eternity and see more from the big picture and see what you see and even what our child sees. I mean, our child is seeing everything from God's perspective now. Our child is on the other side of eternity and they see things from God's perspective. They see the full picture. They see the why that we don't see and that we don't get to see until we get there. And I, I kind of feel like when we do get there, the why really isn't going to matter anymore because we're there. And all of this is going to be behind us. Another verse that just just I just love now, I've, it's been one of my favorite verses for many, many years. But after Becca died, 
it's become even more precious to me. And it's Romans 8, and he says where he talks about the suffering of this world cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us and through us. And my thought is, I, I cannot wait for that glory because if the suffering that we're going through here can't even be compared to the glory that Becca and your child is experiencing right now, that has got to be some incredible glory, doesn't it? So some of these things in our spiritual breakdown and the struggles that we have is a matter of perspective. We're seeing it through the eyes of our pain and we're seeing it through our the way we don't understand and we don't get it. And and the thing is, I'm not God. I, I don't want to be God. And if, if I could get God to answer my prayers however I wanted, he wouldn't be God anymore. He would be like a magic genie in a lamp that I could just rub and he would come out and say, your wish is my command. And then he would do whatever I wanted him to do because I don't want to have pain. And the thing is, Jesus didn't, we weren't told we're not going to have pain. We weren't told that becoming a Christian gives us a good life. Jesus told us, you're going to have tribulation in this world. See, the thing is, God does have a plan for your life. Whereas Christians, a lot of us have been told that God has a wonderful plan for our lives. And we think that that means our life is going to be great. It's going to be full of fun and laughter and sunshine and nothing bad's ever going to touch us. But that's something man says. God never said that. He has a wonderful life here for us on this earth. But once again, it's perspective. And Jesus said that we are going to have hard times. He said those who mourn will be comforted. He didn't say that we'll never mourn. He said that we'll always have the poor with us. He didn't end poverty right then and there when he came to this earth. I don't get it, but I'm not God. I don't see the big picture. And these are the things that he's going to use that to draw us closer to himself, to bring us to a place of being victorious in this life. Have you heard that? Some of you may roll your eyes on this, but how can you have a testimony without a test? And some of us might think, well, then don't give me the test, God, because this was just way too hard. I don't want this then. And that's one of the things we can actually become hard-hearted. I had a friend share this with me just this week about in some pain and some grief that she was going through when we're taught to pray God's will. And some of us think, well, that's a cop-out if, if we don't get our prayers answered. But is it? Is it really a cop-out when we say, God your will be done. Jesus prayed that, right? When when the disciples said, how do we pray? Jesus teaches how to pray. And he said, our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So I don't see God's will when it clashes with my will to say, it's a cop-out to say, well, it must not have been God's will. And yet I know these are things that are thrown at us and they're very painful and very hurtful. Well, it must have been God's will for your child to die. No, I'm not saying that. I am not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is we have to give God permission to be God. He's got to be bigger than us because he's got to get us through this. I don't know how else to get through this except for God to be so much bigger than this. See, God wasn't blindsided by the death of your child. God wasn't blindsided by Becca's death. 
He knew this was going to happen. And this was part of a plan, but it's part of an eternal plan. There's a big picture that we can't see. And I, I know the pain and the darkness is overwhelming, but we have to get to the point, like I said at the very beginning, to get weary of the struggle and to just fall into his arms. And it's almost like, I give up, God. I need you. I need you to get me through this. See, God does have a plan for your life. And it is full of wonder and amazement at the goodness and faithfulness of God through both the incredible blessings and the painful, horrific tragedies. And through both of these, we have the opportunity to see his hand at work in our lives and to grow in intimacy with him, which is, this is going to sound strange, is actually having his favor. There are, I've discovered there are two kinds of favor with God. There's his unlimited favor, which is like the blessings, all the good stuff that we, that we want God to give us. And you know how we say, oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. When something good happens in our lives, it's because we're blessed, because God blesses us, right? But there's an ultimate favor that goes beyond that. And the ultimate favor is to know him intimately. And like I said, sometimes the pain is so bad, it's like, then I don't want that. Then I don't want that. But let me encourage you that if you keep pressing into him, even in your confusion or your anger or wherever you are with that, keep spending time with him. Have it out with him. Talk to him. Let him speak to your heart. Let him just be like a blanket of peace coming on you. Whatever you need, go to him and tell him what you need and then rest in that and let him be those things to you. If you keep doing that, you will get to the point where his presence and his peace is what you want and you crave more than anything because you know that in the end, it's all going to be okay. This is not permanent. This world is a preparation for the next one. See, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end, which means he has the final word in everything. He has the final word. And the final word is that he made a way for us to be together forever. This isn't it. Aren't you glad? Aren't you thankful? See, the truly wonderful part happens in our lives when we get to lead this sinful world and we get saved out of this world like our children did and we get to move into eternity with Jesus and our child. Just think about how many people are going to have children there to greet us? I mean, I, I think about Becca being there, just I, I just picturing her face when I finally show up there and just how excited she's going to be to show me around and and take me to meet people that she's been talking to and and I'll get to hear stories about her. Maybe the Apostle Paul will say, oh my goodness, you need to hear what Becca did. And, I mean, just think about that. Once again, it's perspective. It's, it's perspective. We get to choose how we're going to see this. We get to choose how we're going to think about it. We get to choose what we're going to meditate on in our mind. And if, you know, like I said, this is tomorrow is, is the eighth anniversary of Becca's death. So I can either let myself spiral down and just think about that in the darkness of that day and where it took me for so long. Or I can think about I'm to a point, and this is a process, but I'm to a point where I can think about it was eight years ago tomorrow. She got to see Jesus. 
that she got to leave this place and she got to go on the other side. And she's been there in my time for eight years. Over there, there is no time. That's kind of crazy to think of, isn't it? There's no time over there. In my time, she has been over there in the glory of just the glory and the majesty of Jesus for eight years. So I get to choose how I'm going to see that. And you can tell, yes, it hurts. Yeah, it still hurts because I miss her like crazy. But I get to choose whether I'm going to press into God and I'm going to even thank him that he made a way that this is not a permanent separation. I'm just so thankful for that. You know, somewhere way back at the beginning of Becca's death, I I, I can't remember if I read it somewhere. I think I read it. And it, it said, spiritual blessings come wrapped in trials. Spiritual blessings come wrapped in trials. And I wrote a note to myself saying the loss of a child is an awfully deep trial to wrap a blessing in. And I heard in my heart God speak to me. And he said, I know because my son died and it was wrapped in the blessing of you. It's the same thing for you. Spiritual blessings come wrapped in trials. And this is like the worst trial, God. Why? Why did I have to go through this trial? And there's supposed to be some blessing in it? But God knows that because he went through the trial of watching his son, watching him die a horrible, torturous death. But it was in the blessing of you. And it was wrapped in the blessing of your child. That's that's just mind-boggling to me. He knows. He knows what it's like to go through the deep, dark trial of the death of a child. And there is a blessing on the other side because God made sure of it. He made sure that there is a blessing for you on the other side of this trial. That is incredible, I think. Everything in our lives is redeemable. Isaiah 43.1 says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Everything in our lives is redeemable. See, God is an expert at bringing life from death. He, <laughs> Think about that. He's an expert at bringing life from death. Our children aren't really dead. I mean, that's a, that's a physical term, but they are more alive than we are. They have no aches and pains. They have no sickness. Becca has two legs now. She doesn't have heart problems. All those things, they are more alive than we are. He's not only, it's not only a physical life from death, but I also believe he's an expert in our soul and in our spirit to bring us back to life because we feel like we died after the death of our child, don't we? I know I sure did. A friend of mine lost her 22-year-old son, Josh, in a car accident about six months after we lost Becca. And she wrote something, and I'm going to read it to you now. It says, Do we sacrifice the joy of having children to spare us the pain that occurs if we lose them, either by death or rebellion? I think not. The joy we receive from our children outweighs any pain from the loss. 
I would take my 22 years with Josh over and over again with the same outcome if that was the only way I would have the honor of being his mother. Going through all this has spread a little light onto why our Father in Heaven would create this world and allow us to have our own free will. He knew we would rebel, and he knew the only way to save us from ourselves would be to sacrifice himself on our behalf. He also knew the joy of creating us in his own image would outweigh that pain. The love we feel for our children, as all-consuming as it seems, is only a speck of the love our God has for us. Try to imagine that. It's impossible to comprehend. And with that, I'm going to end the podcast this week. We'll have more to talk about next week because I, I do know there's more in my heart and I don't want to, this to get too long. So I'm going to end this for today. Just remember, God really does love you. He loves you. He wants to get you through this. Let me just say this. Yes, God could have stepped in and saved our child. And that's beyond what I can understand because I have a finite mind. I don't know why he didn't save Becca and I don't know why he didn't save your child. But what I do know is there's no greater time for our need to have God at work in our lives than the death of our child. Because without God, there's no hope. And without hope, we're going to be stuck in our pit of despair. It's really impossible to be neutral. We're either moving toward God or we're moving away from him. But when we move away from God, we're moving away from the one who can give us the greatest strength possible to get through this. God didn't leave me. God hasn't left you. God carried me through the darkest part of it. He's still carrying me. I, I can't even say he walked with me because I don't think I did much walking for a long time. And God is not my crutch to prop me up. He's my wheelchair to carry me. And he's your wheelchair to carry you. God is there with you in this darkness. He is carrying you, even though you may not feel like it. He's with you and he's carrying you. I hope what I've shared with you today has been an encouragement and given you a little bit of a breakthrough. I'll talk to you next week. And now it is time for our birthday segment. Today we celebrate Mackenzie Acapina. Mackenzie was born on October 21st and she is forever seven and a half years old. We celebrate with Mackenzie's family the day that she came into this world. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced and celebrated on our podcast, just go to gpshope.org birthdays. There will be a form there. You can fill it out and submit the information. I would be thrilled and honored to be able to add your child to the birthday list and announce him or her the week of their birthday. Before I close this out, I've had some people ask me about my books recently, so I thought I would mention the one that is the most popular, which is When Tragedy Strikes, Rebuilding Your Life with Hope and Healing After the Death of Your Child. It has won several awards, and it is endorsed by people like Daryl Scott. If you remember back, I can't remember what year it was, the Columbine shooting in uh, Colorado. It was one of the first major school shootings uh, Rachel Scott was one that was killed in that shooting. It's her father, Daryl, has endorsed this book. Dr. Gloria Horsley of Open to Hope. And Wayne Jacobson, who's the co-author of the book and the movie The Shack, 
There are also a lot of parents and leaders who have endorsed this book as well. To find out more about When Tragedy Strikes, the book, you can go to our website and you'll see the book on the sidebar on the right-hand side. Just click on the book, When Tragedy Strikes, and it will take you to a page that will tell you all about the book and, and a little bit more about it. Also, uh, how you can order it. If you order it straight from us, I'll sign it for you before we send it out. But you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, pretty much anywhere. Your favorite places to get a book, you'll, you'll be able to find it. I am also writing a course for those who want to know how to better implement what they read in this book in their own lives. And some people are interested in knowing how they can work with me personally as they rebuild their lives after the death of their child. And so I'm putting a course together based on this book. There are three different levels to the course, and you can find out more about it at gpshope.org slash WTS course. I'm going to put the link to both of these, the book and the course, in the show notes. I will also put a link that you can click on for the birthday information to be able to go to the form to submit that. Next week, we're going to wrap up this Road to Repair series. And until then, please remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.